Welcome to the Jay and Dan podcast. It's Mike here. Don't worry, I'm not reading anything. No, it's the best of. Uh, it's the end of the year. We're going to take a break for a couple weeks, come back in the new year. But the guys wanted to put, put out a best of, take a look back at what we did this year. We did a few things right. We're in a new studio for those of you watching on the video portion. Uh, you've come to see, uh, it's come a long way from Jim's room to a studio that didn't work so well when we first got in here, but we built it up. We got the wall. It looks great. You know, everybody from Ellen Page and The Thicker and Pam Anderson and Gretzky and John Candy, it, uh, thanks for everything that you send in. Thanks for all the suggestions. Keep them coming, and we're going to make it look uh, better every week. Um, but it's been a big year for the podcast, not just for the studio, but for Jay, of course. He has uh, he welcomed a baby to the world. That's always uh, a very Jay special Onright occasion. And his wife checking um, out the action. And wrote his book, number two. Second book out. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things. I wish Mike um, died. It was, a, it was a big year for Dan, too. Um, let's see. He um, got an iPhone. That's on a spice of meatball. And he, uh, well, he shit his pants. Yeah, so that was a Dan O'Toole's special here. occasion. But, but yeah, so uh, this best of, we're looking back at the year. Uh, some of the great guests that we had in, in everybody from... Uh, Conor McGregor, Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, Frank Thomas, Rain Wilson. Wow. Uh, those were some guys. We couldn't get to them all, so many of them. But, um, but you know, in there, those moments, obviously, we got introduced to uh, CKDJ. Forget so sex, was, uh, buddy. Guaranteed to be a good time. And uh, touch my bag. Thanks for sending in all those emails again, jandan.com. Keep them coming. Um, and... Uh, Six degrees with engineer Jim. He took a delicious. He took a break for a, a little bit, but when he came back, he was delivering great stories and uh, his connections to everybody, and also those intros. Hey, are you? Man, those f- intros get us in uh, in the mood every week. Um, and Pat, when he's here, you know he's obviously a great part of the of the crew. And Taggart and Schrager, thanks to those guys for uh, checking in when they're on. Uh, dropping those Schrager, Schrager bombs. Taggart uh, always, always is great. That guy's unbelievable. Um, but on this, on this best of, we're gonna get into, we're gonna get into that story where Dan shit his pants. We're gonna get into the time when Jay went to the Dodgers game and all hell broke loose. Um, we're gonna get into a clat chat. Obviously, uh, that guy when he came on, uh, you know, he was an instant, oh, instant oh, podcast oh, oh. success. And uh, this story, if I can sum it up in one word, it is, ugh. Um, but yeah, Clat, great. Uh, Scalabrini is on this best of, uh, he was a hell of a guy. What a character, but, uh, some podcast trivia there. He's the first rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. So check that out. And, um, it was, it was classic. Lisa Ann is on this one. She was spectacular. She came in and got everybody's attention by erections in more ways than one, but she was absolutely, uh, excellent. Uh, P. Rose, that guy. We, it took us some uh, some time to get him on the podcast, but he came in here and absolutely blew the doors off. Uh, incredible. Welcome back anytime, of course. And uh, these two guys, a little story about them. Jay and Dan, when they came here, they are like, if there's any dream guests we could get, it would be Tim and Eric. They're our comedy heroes. And it took us some time. I mean, I don't know, a couple years. <laughs> so uh, we stuck with it, and uh, they came on and did not disappoint. That was uh, that was incredible. So, so yeah, just, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for uh, following us this year. Um, we'll be back with more uh, hits next year. I wish Mike um, died. I'm going to get even better. We're not going anywhere. So, uh, again, thanks, guys. And uh, here you go. Enjoy the best of.
Hey now, it's drive time here with your old buddy, Engineer Jim. And we're rocking and bopping all day long on 96.9 KJZZ. Oh! That's right, baby. We're going to keep the countdown rolling with a fresh groove that always gets my full attention. So, if you're going out for a rip or making love on your mama's couch, you're going to get into this one, baby. It's the latest from Jay and Dan. That's right, baby, because we're always shooting our jams right here in the ear hole on 96.9 KG. Yeah, that was Little Sketch with My Face Loves Your Face. <laughs> That's right, I'm Engineer Jimmers, and we're rocking all the top 40 hits right here on 95.5 KDONG. That's right, we're the big old dong. And I say holla, Mike. Holla. Yeah, holla. Now, we're going to keep the countdown rolling like totes cray cray that's right and i say it's totes cray so tell your moms and your pops to chill for real though because i'm on fleek that's right my friends okay now it's time for jay and dad that makes me wiggle and jiggle and bop till i drop what up you say i'll tell you what up i'm engineer jim getting bigger and bigger every day on 95 5.5 KDONG The Dog Oh yeah, 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 yeah We're back y'all And that was Baby Baby What? <laughs> With the latest number from Pitbull That's right, it's Engineer Jim here And we play all Pitbull All the time, all day On Hot 99.9 K-D-U-S-H. The douche, baby. Yeah, you know it. We got Pitbull with Little John. We got Pitbull with Little Sketch. We got Pitbull with Pitbull. We got Pitbull with Two Chains. Pitbull with T-Pain. Pitbull with D-Pain and G-Pain. We got all the pains, baby. I'm telling you. And we got all Pitbull all day on the douche. That's right. We'll bag it for you right here on the douche. Did you catch this Pitbull remix? It's got everybody in the club busting loose. It's the Jay and Dan banger. I want to see those hands and those feet, baby, because I'm into that. All right, it's me, Engineer Jim, dropping nonstop Pitbull on 99.9. The douche. It's 427 in the afternoon. Engineer Jim here, and you're listening to AM 84.4, Public Radio East. That's P-U-B-E, the pube. <laughs> we have a lot to get to this afternoon. Coming up, we have sex doctor James Jefferson in the studio on how to get over that pet fetish. Then we'll hit the kitchen to see what's cooking with guest chef T-Pain. After that, it's Sexy Mike's Reading Hour, and today, he's tackling One Fish, Two Fish, followed by excerpts from I'm Not Dead, a short film by Pat Muldowney. 
But first, you know them for their groundbreaking exposés on alarming health quality of Las Vegas swimming pools, blowing the whistle on poor Uber service, and achieving hand release at 30,000 feet. <laughs> we'll welcome our good friends, Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole. Now, I'm Engineer Jim, and it's now 428 in the afternoon, so curl up and hang with 84.4 The Pew. What's up, dudes? It's that time again. Time to get it up on 96.3 D-I-K-K Dick. FM, where we never play it soft. Oh yes, it's me, Engineer Jim, and we're jamming those classic tunes from the 80s. Totally awesome, like for sure. We're locked in on four solid hours of wham. Yeah, baby, some sexy mic. Wake me up before you go-go, because I can't get enough of those two ladies, man. Speaking of two chick magnets, I'm gonna slip that Jay and Dan classic right in the back door. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for some action this weekend, we'll be at Club Elevator. That's right, when they're serving $2 Jaeger bombs, loaded nachos, and pit bulls, greatest hits all night long. It's Engineer Jim here, and never, never, whenever you're headed, you're riding on the dick. 96.3 FM. Wow. Can I start off by asking you about a story that I know you've told before, but you haven't told it on this podcast, involving a former teammate of yours with your 2008 champion Boston Celtics, Kevin Garnett, the arm wrestling Oh, great story. So (laughs) so for whatever reason, by the way, that – that team in general was sort of insane. Like, in, as a group, we were just... Let's just go through some of the... Like, Paul Pierce, who Paul Pierce. seems like he would be normal, but seems yeah, but, like might be no, a No, but everyone off. had, a, like, an edge of in, insanity right. to them. Every, Garnett with the most. Uh, no, Tony Allen with the most. Okay. Right? Okay, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you have, like, guys like Rondo and, and Pierce and, and Ray Allen. They're all in their, in their way. And me and Leon Poe and Baby, Big Baby, Glenn Davis and Garnett. Well, so whatever... Whoever started it, I don't know how it happened, we also had, like, boxing matches as well, but this is the arm wrestling. So who arm wrestles who? And Big Baby, you know, long story short, without going through all the arm wrestling cuts, Big Baby is basically crushing everybody. Like, and boom, where's this taking place? Is this, like, on a team no, plane? No, no, or? this is hotel, right. at dinner, right. you know. Uh, so it's on, happening over on, the course of several days. Yeah, it's like, it's like a week's time, right? right? Is there money being laid on these arm wrestlers? I'm sure there is, you know, but no one's laying money on me. But <laughs> at the end of the day, Big Baby was like, I mean, when I say he was crushing people, there's an arm wrestle where you uh, you, you put him down, but there's like the, you know, like oh, those yeah. type Big of arm baby. wrestles. Wow. Oh, my gosh. This guy is – but he's one of, he's a great athlete, great feet, huge, strong, whatever. Anyways, this is going on for a week, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's died down like Big Baby has crushed everybody. We're done. We're done. All of a sudden, Garnett's like, yeah, let's go, Funk, let's go. Let's go to the arm wrestling contest. And we're like, oh, my gosh, KG's going down. This is it. This is like Garnett is going to lose. There is no one on the plane except Paul Pierce who, I guess, laid money on Garnett. 
But no one thought Garnett was going to win this contest. So they get down and, and they start going. All right, ready, set, go. And at this point, we're thinking Garnett's going down. Baby's going to win. It's going to be crazy. But Garnett doesn't move. He's like, I ain't moving funk. I ain't moving funk. I ain't moving funk. And then all of a sudden, he's, you know, it's like he's got this rhythm going. He's got this rhythm. And then as he starts to go, Everyone starts getting like going nuts. KG is sweating, big baby sweating, <laughs> and like we're all on the plane. This is on the plane, thirty five thousand feet up, and we're all in the middle. We're all trying to watch this arm wrestling contest, and KG just wills it and slams him down. And at that point, the the, the place goes nuts. Garnett stands up. Now he's wearing, you know, I, I guess you call them wife beater tank tops. You know, like yeah. the tight ones, right? He's like, I'm the alpha male in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the silver gorilla. Don't y'all ever f- forget it. <laughs> Spitting all over the place. Flexing. I mean, fool. If I would have poured that water on me, it would be more, there'd be more sweat than the water. It was insane. <laughs> it was insane. But we went nuts because we thought there's no way Garnett's going to beat Baby, but it's a, it's, uh, that's his will, his determination. That's the way he was. He wasn't supposed to win. You know, that anything is possible is really yeah. his true uh, calling in life. Is he the most intense human you've ever met? Yeah, no <laughs> question. <laughs> I was cool with Must that. have felt amazing, though, when, when you take off the sweats and the crowd sees you getting up and they start to get excited you know, when I, you enter the game. At first, it was hard because I like I, no one wants to be that guy. Yeah. But then I'm like, forget that, man. This is really paying off. <laughs> this is working for me. So, like, I would go in the game and be like, I got to get a bucket for these people, man. They wanted it. So, no, I mean, if it's just anything. Like, you embrace that role. You embrace the role. You do it. And did it feel good when I did score? When I, Yeah. After a while, then I started knowing that. All my buckets were on Sports Center. It was like a common <laughs> thing. Like and there and then I would make a joke like, "Hey man, fourth quarter late game, crowd going crazy. You know they want me to shoot it." <laughs> Which is true. I'm not lying. Before we let you go, can we do rapid fire with you? Yeah. Are we doing this later today too? We're on the TV. Okay. Yeah. Is rapid fire different than the yeah. TV? We've yeah. got an intro for rapid fire too. I've never heard This that. is Dan's segment. He's very excited about. <laughs> it. All right, let's do it. Yeah, you are. Look at, <laughs> Look at the face, this. right? <laughs> What's the intro? Fire. <laughs> can we, can, can we hear that one more time? Sure. Rapid fire. <laughs> I mean, the production value. Who played? Who played that game? What game is that? It's the centipede. Game of life. Centipede. It might okay. have been. Rapid, rapid fire. fire. Basically, can you explain? Rapid it? fire. <laughs> can you explain to me what it is? And who just, uses the blackberry? <laughs> Let's. Can we start with that? Who uses just the quick questions and you answer them quick. One word answers. Did you ever have problems on the road with beds being too short? No. Do you ever regret being so tall growing up? No. Best city to play in? New York. Did you ever have to pay for a drink in the last three months after you won a, a title in Boston? No. Three months only. Now I do. Oh, you have to now? <laughs> now, yeah. Uh, worst teammate you ever had? Uh, why do people continue to ask me that? <laughs> You're not getting that, by the way. I have a few names, so I won't even begin to lie. Save it for the book. <laughs> yeah. Save it for no the book. Yeah. Did you ever say, okay, I'm going to have a competitive edge and just eat, like, garlic and not brush your teeth before a game so guys wouldn't want to come no. near you? What? Not? No, it's not like that. Ray John Rondo, is he uncoachable? 
Man, this is a good question, by the way. It's not rapid fire. Really, really great friend of mine. Yeah. I understand that I'm in the fray. I need to, if I, for me to really guess, I got to get 30,000 feet up. I can't do it. Good friend of mine. I respect the heck out of him. <laughs> We're taping this with the uh, Cavs up two games to one. Who wins the NBA title? Warriors. Still, you're saying that. Yeah. So is Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rapid <laughs> fire. Rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> what a hit. You live in Seattle. What Does Seattle get an NBA team back? Eventually? <laughs> Ever? Or no, give me a timeline. Five years. Five years? Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was drinking. No rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> Scal, this has been awesome, man. Why not, eh? And then last night, I told you, Toolsy, I went to the Dodger game. Oh, yeah, that was a 14-inning game. Thank God we weren't working. The old 14-inning marathon, man. <sighs> <I> <laughs> felt so good. And then Natasha Staniszewski from TSN is tweeting me and you and saying, can you end this game? And I'm like, we're not working tonight. Play ball! Yeah. But I was at the game, and this is weird, so... Ninth inning, bottom of the ninth, when we thought maybe it's going to end in nine. Uh, Dodgers have uh, a man on. It looks like they're going to they're gonna score. Everyone's on their feet. The whole Dodgers stadium's on their feet, as you would normally be in this situation. And there's four dudes who have clearly come up from the bleachers down into we – we had good seats. And so we're way down low. They had come down low. There were like three seats ahead of us, or three rows ahead of us, four of them. These two girls are sitting next to us, Giants fans, and I hear one of them saying to the dudes who are three rows ahead of us, no one else in between them. Oh, no. They're like, sit the down. Sit the down. I can't see. So they're short little girls, right? Mm. And they can't see because these guys are standing up. And I'm kind of like quietly. I'm like, eh, everyone's standing. Everyone's standing. You know, I'm like, let's not cause trouble here. You know, let's. I'm trying to keep the peace. <gasps> All of a sudden, oh no! I look over. I see she's in tears. She grabs her Coke, like a big fountain no. Coke, like a big gulp, and she f***ing hurls it at his back. No She way. hurls it like a young Nolan Ryan. Wow. She, she, oh my. She's she like really a young, wanted to see her Dodgers. She's like yeah. a young Kershaw. No, she was a Giants fan. Oh. And she was like, I need to see my team lose or something. She's like, she hurled it at his back, and so it hits... The four dudes, there was one nerd. He looked like uh, like <laughs> Chuck Klosterman or the kid from a, a Christmas story, grown up. And he had like a sweater on. And it hit him right in the back. There's Coke all over his back. And he turns around and he's like, are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> Forget sex, buddy. <laughs> so, that sounded like Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> are you insane? So I'm like, okay, that'll be the end of it. He's clearly a pacifist. No, nope. he goes up to security and tells on the girl. <laughs> Guess what? Those girls three rows behind me threw a cola at my back. It's not nice. So the girls get kicked out? No, this is the thing. He comes down and like literally he's like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, dude, I know she threw a call at you, but you can't like tell on the <laughs> four foot tall girl. But anyway, he comes down, points at them like they're right there. <laughs> and, the, and they do nothing. The girls totally said, the girls are like, no, I didn't do anything. I heard them. They're like, no, we didn't do anything. They're like, are you sure those guys said you threw something at him? No, it wasn't us. They believe them. They're like, wow. all right, see ya. Crack security there. Those Crack girls, investigation. Those girls have cojones. Those girls. And then we're leaving. <laughs> we left at the same time. And my buddy was sitting next to me. He was like, what happened? And all of a sudden, I'm like, 
those girls threw something, and I look, and they're right beside me, like, as I'm telling a story about them, and I'm like, oh, my God, let's get away. I'm <laughs> scared of these girls. Are you insane? <laughs> Lil Sketch. Uh, this is uh, an absolute thrill for Dan and I. We moved here two years ago. We've wanted to have these two on, well, since we moved to Los Angeles. Uh, it is Tim Negrume Heidecker and Eric Charm. Wareheim, two of the 21st century's most vital and creative minds. They have a new book out, Tim and Eric's Zone Theory, Seven Easy Steps to Achieve a Perfect Life. Gentlemen, thank you for fulfilling our dreams and appearing on this shoddy podcast. What inspired you to write this book? Well, thanks for having us um, on your show. It's been a real pleasure. It's been one of our dreams to appear on this as well. So it's really mutually beneficial here, here in L.A., uh, page one fifty. Can we go into detail about that, guys? Page one. Really, because um, you know we have a philosophy that speaking too much about the book will uh, prevent and you from buying it. You know, it's sort of like giving. I know you're giving away your podcast for free. Mm-hmm. That's your choice. But we're not just going to start giving the book away in its audio audio form. Uh, so we cannot talk about details. We can certainly talk about generalities. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so again, what inspired you to write this book, which is something that obviously is going to inspire millions of people around the world? Well, we live in a world of trash men and boys and people that are just disgusting and um, non-intellectuals. And we're just trying to raise everyone's consciousness, trying to make this is kind of a smarter, better world to live in. And that's when we met with Baha Pristimi, and he helped us decode just the seven easy steps to kind of just make you a better guy and you know better for the world and society. Can you take us through the seven easy steps, Eric? Absolutely. Family, health, poems, and that's just three. I'm not going to do all seven because you can easily buy the book at Amazon.com. You can learn every other step. Poems. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people have a lot of stress, anxiety, and depression in their lives. And through the teachings of the book, we have learned that through a little hypnosis, you can unleash hundreds of thousands of those poems out of your brain, and you will find um, great relief. Gentlemen, we have a, a a guy on this podcast. His name's Mike. He has trouble telling time. He also has trouble reading basic emails, which is his job on this podcast. Will this book help him? It helps anybody that's open to the seven steps and wants to change their life. You know, um, let me give you a small example. We worked with a guy named Troy who was just a terrible man. He worked at Subway, if you can believe that. He wasn't even a manager, 43-year-old gentleman. He weighed in the 300s, and he was about four foot eight. So you do the math, he looked like a big beach ball. Yeah. And um, he looked like um, the the, he looked like a beach ball. No, I mean, he wore a multicolored rainbow uh, one-piece suit even when he wasn't working at Subway. It made him look identical to a beach ball. Um, he got the book, trimmed himself down to uh, under 100 pounds, um, and he can now float four feet off the, off the floor oh. every once and fly around. Still wearing the beach ball outfit, though? Uh, no, he's got a whole new wardrobe from Hugo Boss. Did he get the manager position? No, he doesn't work anywhere. He just floats around. <laughs> he doesn't need cash. He uh, can basically survive on the on the off the land, off the grid almost, 
And he's, but I bring him up because he had this very similar problem. He didn't, he could never tell you what time it was. Now he, you don't even, he doesn't even wear a clock. He can get it down to the very second. You test him on it. It's incredible. He's floating around. I say, what time is it? He goes, it's 428. I look at my clock. Guess what? It's 428. That's pretty incredible. That's going to help our, our friend Mike as well. We wrote a book that's positive and helpful. And it's going to change people's lives for the better. You, uh, diarrhea plays a role in this book. I had a ton of cheese this afternoon, and while usually that should bung a person up, I believe I may be lactose intolerant and may be about to splatter the bowl after this, uh, this interview. But to you guys, this is a positive thing, correct? Well, in the book, you learn to... Uh, acknowledge that your diarrhea can speak to you. And we uh, reinforce the idea of collecting some of that diarrhea and using a diarrhea dipstick, which is a supplemental instrument. And through that instrument, you can take its temperature and it'll tell you different emotions or what you're feeling. And then nude adult horseplay. Can we discuss that that part of the zone Because it's, in, it's encouraged. Well, of course. You know, there's a... Um there's only so many ways that new friends can get to know each other intimately and quickly and easily. And we find one of the great ways to do that is through nude horseplay. Um, and, it, you know, it's a sort of a choice that you have to make whether or not that's going to be masked or unmasked. We encourage both. Um, Eric and I were just at a, a nude recreation center the other day, and we're engaging in some unmasked horseplay, which worked out great. But if you're just getting started, masked horseplay uh, might be the way to go because that creates a little drama, a little uh, mystery. How many nude recreation centers are in Los Angeles? There's around 67 that are certified. There's about a, a half a dozen uh, that have not gone through the certification process. Are there any in Redondo Beach? That's where I am. Oh, absolutely. There's uh, about a baker's dozen that I can think of. <laughs> and then there's a new underground nude recreation center that blew me away. It's about an acre... Uh, underground, literally, and it's insane. There must have been 30,000, 40,000 nudes down there the other day when I was there, and they're playing good, old-fashioned rock and roll down really? there loud. So music is allowed. I, I thought the zone theory would eliminate all of that outside distractions. Uh, I mean, Absolutely not. Now, uh, what role does semen play in the zone theory? Well, we call it, uh, when we speak of that substance, it's called probo. So yeah. we're, from now on, we refer to it as probo if you want to be uh, a send-to-zone point oh. eight. Very good, very good, Negrume. Okay, now tell me what what promo, ha what does that probo. have to do? Oh, sorry, probo, probo, not promo. Not promo. Probo. What does probo have to do with the zone, zone theory? Well, you will be divorcing your whole family, including your wife. And once you find your zone-approved wife, she will help you collect your probo. And that's a process you can do in the kitchen uh, or anywhere. You have some nice mason jars, and she will collect it and, and store it and send it to your uh, zone-approved center. And we will analyze that and make sure that's zone-approved to refertilize you have traveled to Canada before, though. Is it something about the country that repulsed you and made you decide that you didn't want to return? Oh, we love poutine. It's fine. It's a fine place. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, we can't thank you enough. Aha, uh -huh, Christine. Bye.
out to uh, you, and thank you so much for this opportunity to to talk about the book, and we wish you all the best. Uh, Tim Negrume Heidecker, Eric Sharmwareheim. The book is Tim and Eric's Zone Theory, Seven Easy Steps to Achieve a Perfect Life. Baja. Baja. Thank you, guys. That'll make Jay and Dan happy. <laughs> Speaking of getting uh, something in your pants, I had, had an incident uh, the other day. Uh, it started on Saturday. This, by the way, sounds like something that would have happened to me, but it happened to you. So I show up at work. I, I, we had to do the show. We were following uh, the UFC fight night, and I, I was feeling off because during the day I had a, a venti Starbucks, and then I had a, a protein shake, and then I had a, a carrot juice, and then I had a beef stew, and I'm like, this... This is not good. So it's the I don't know which one of, of those. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but my tummy was saying like you the time called. You really fed <laughs> up. It's gonna happen. So that night you were working on with me on the desk and I was not feeling well. I had to go release some things here and there. Semen? Flatulence. Ah. Uh. But I did it discreetly around the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're like you just get up, walk to the corner, and be like, Dan's <laughs> his pants over there. Stay away from that corner of the studio. Get up! Get up! <laughs> <laughs> so then I got home, and then it was, the floodgates are open. Yeah. The chamber. <laughs> like, just like a tap. Like bowl spray. You're spraying the bowl. Not, no, not even that. It's just like you... Turned on a tap and went directly into the toilet. Like you were pissing out of your ass. Correct. So I'm like, oh, get up. Uh, How long did that last? Ass pissing. Well, so (laughs) my mom and my aunt, they're like, show us around. So we went for a big drive. (laughs) Because your mom and your aunt are staying with you, right? Or they were. Yes, they were here visiting. And uh, I I was trying to discreetly... (laughs) Release a little during the car, and I'm like, uh-oh, I think something else came out. And I'm like, I'll just wait and see, because it's tough to tell. Did they notice the smell? No. They didn't they, bring it Finally, up. I started to, I'm like, moving around side to side. I'm like, <laughs> You're like a dog on a carpet. I'm like, uh-oh. And then I felt underneath, and I'm like, that's, it's. You felt underneath? You went for the wipe? <laughs> the, the old finger swipe? And I'm Let like, me just see how I'm doing down here. Oh, need to wipe myself. That's wet down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. And then what did you wipe your fingers on? The upholstery? I kept my hand in the air, and I'm like, ladies, we got to. I kept a- my <laughs> hand in the air. So there's shit <laughs> on your fingers? No. But- like you're swearing on the Bible kind of thing? So I'm like, there's a Burger King. I got to pull over there. Like, what's wrong? And like, I'll tell you in a minute. So I went in. I'm like, okay. As if they didn't already know by your <laughs> stained fingers. I'm down a pair of underwear. <laughs> Did you just toss them? Yeah. Threw them out. Poor Burger King employees. Oh, then, God. Uh, the worst. Back on the road, 30 minutes later, I'm like, oh, crap. Literally. So I pulled over at the greasiest gas station on earth, and my mother and my aunt are like, you can't, you can't go in there. I'm like, I've got no choice. Still poop. Still poop. <laughs> so I went in, used the facilities, and then the worst case scenario, I hit the... The flush, the flusher, is nothing. There's oh. nothing there. And you filled that toilet. There's nothing. I was dry heaving looking at the toilet. <laughs> at your own <laughs> Imagine someone else. So I, I'm like, what do I do? And then I'm the only one in this gas station, and me and this guy, I'm like, 
I'd look around at the, <laughs> like perusing the merchandise. I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm going to buy anything. And then I ran out and then we tore out of there. Like, I get in the car and they're like, what happened? I'm like, you don't want to know. So long, my time here is up. <laughs> Two days later, it finally just ended. What the hell happened to you? I don't know. It must have been that beef stew. Maybe we can, maybe the, the listeners can weigh in on what, what went wrong with Dan's bowels over the weekend. Oh, it was, it was horrible. So while I was up signing books and taking pictures, you were throwing out underwear <laughs> at the rate of four or five pair a day. Look at I will say this, Burger King, very clean restaurants. <laughs> That's the moral of the whole story here. You need to shit your pants, look for the Burger King. And it's almost guaranteed to be a good time. Lisa joins us on the podcast. A small crowd here. I have to admit, uh, Lisa, that uh, we've had uh, at least 30 people enter the room that have never entered this room before, just poking their head in. Oh, hey, guys, didn't know this is where you do the podcast. They literally didn't know we did a podcast. <laughs> Can I ask you something? You Like, you've dated NBA players. Uh, why are you doing that, Lisa? Why are you dating athletes? Like, I feel we like don't that's date. bad. And that's, and that's the word that you got to take out of there. We're just hanging out. Okay. And see, this works out really well. Boy, so for I me, use that. I can look at their travel schedule. It's almost like uh, I used to call single moms calendar moms for my guy friends. I'm like, you need to date single moms because they're busy. And they'll tell you, I'm free Tuesday and Thursday next week. You get to plan the rest of your life. Well, these athletes fill the same void. Like, I know where they are. It's like, I'm going to be in this town. All right, I'll come to the game. Okay, great. I'll leave you tickets. It won't call. Okay, great. We'll have a bite to eat later. We'll hang out. Done. Okay. And it's just easy. And also, you know, I have a, a great relationship with so many athletes over a 25-year span. And there's something common we both share. And being on the road can be very lonely. And it can lead an athlete to be chasing girls or be making the wrong decisions or not resting like they should, not treating their body like the machine like they should. So I kind of get on them a bit and mentor them about their situations. Like I'm using the Steph Curry example, and I believe that his stats are so good because of the consistency that he's brought into his life. And when you're consistent all the way around, Hmm. then you're not out, you know, at night. And you're not chasing the girls to see who's meeting you at the game, who you're going to hang out with. So I just found it, you know, I find it a time for me to be like, hey, listen, don't lose. Don't be Joseph Randall and mess up your opportunity forever because you're a moron. Man, Lisa, I feel like you should mentor the whole world. (laughs) Athletes, adult film stars. I'm like a fairy god milf. And back then, the first thing I got back was, you know, you have to get a nose job. And I was like, okay. I never even met these people before. To think that at 18, I was just like, I'll do that. And I did it. Wow. Uh, it worked. But it's just <laughs> funny. Back then, they could turn you down before they even saw you. And so that process, I think, probably gave me a lot more time to think about, do you really want to do this? Are you ready to do this? Was that like the, was it Jim South? Was that, that those days? Or there's like I one agent? I wrote about Jim South. How right. do you know about world modeling? Well, because back then, there was only one yes. agent, right? There was yes. only one guy. I mean, I may have looked it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right? So when I came out to, to the Valley, <laughs> world modeling used to advertise in all these uh, back pages of magazines. And it wasn't really, didn't list that it was adult. It was just like a modeling, world modeling. You right. Know? So I already had some contacts. I knew I wanted a contract. But the person said, well, why don't you go meet Jim South? So I go in to meet Jim South. He looks like something out of Boogie Nights. He had this big buckle on. He wears a hat. He wears cowboy boots. And he's like in Reseda, you know? And he had this ashtray on his on his desk about this big. And it was just filled with cigarette butts. Just sitting there, just chain smoking. And at the time, he had a 16-year-old son in there booking jobs. And back then, all the athletes' agents would call Jim South. So he's giving me the stories about all the agents that call him, the, girl, the guys want to meet girls. And I'm fascinated by him. And I said, well, how do you 
book your girls. And he goes under his desk and he gets this Polaroid photo book. And he puts it in front of me. And there's this blue painted wall that looks like he painted it by hand in the hallway. And he makes everyone just stand there nude, shoots these Polaroids, and puts them in this book. For that (laughs) alone, I couldn't have him represent me because I never wanted to be in those books. The books were so bad. The lighting on the photos. You're looking at, like, Ginger Lynn, all these people that you knew were beautiful. And you're like... You're like, why didn't Ron Jeremy take his football socks off? Like, why is he standing in the hallway with just football socks on? The whole thing was so traumatic that I was like, I think I'll represent myself. Good for you. Wow. <laughs> I got to pose for a picture with just football socks on. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely. Engineer Jim, any connection to Sebastian yeah, Bach, that's a Peterborough's great own? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I engineered and co-produced several songs with Skid Row. Uh, for the Beside Ourselves album, we did uh, some covers, which were the B-sides for Slave to the Grind. I, I think we talked about that a little bit last week. So here's a question for you. At the time they're recording, what's the state of the band at the time? Are they all getting along? Are they... Uh, are they? Oh, yeah. Dudes? Back then, everybody got along great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was he like? How was he to work with Sebastian? He was Bob? great. What yeah. a character. Yeah. 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 I, uh, bro guy. Yeah, I saw him boarding a flight. We were getting on the same flight, and he was carrying like a, a silver briefcase full of unknown things. I hope, yeah. I hope it was just loaded to the <laughs> brim with cocaine. <laughs> <sighs> they, they really. The, the, they just let him those, through security. <laughs> that's right. Those guys were great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we talked, I recorded uh, some stuff with them at Fantasy in San Francisco. We actually did a version of Little Wing that's amazing. Really came out great. See, I'd love to be able to play some clips of this music that you produce, Jim. Yeah. And unfortunately, too. we can't. It's not in our budget <laughs> i'm coming baby <laughs> and i got one joke to tell you are we on the air i mean oh yeah, yeah. We are. i remember one time we were at an all-star game <laughs> no i mean we're on camera oh yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we are we're, yeah. Uh, we were at an all-star game one time it's kind of a funny story and it was the only all-star game out of 17 we also were playing in detroit and the night before i was at this restaurant and willie mays was at the next table willie's the best man he oh, was, just willie mays yeah oh and he was such a good dresser man and he had this light gray shark skin suit on this white shirt and this purple tie he gets up he says i'll be right back i got the restroom and he comes back and willie's like this man he's he comes back and he's away he's like this and he had he had water all over both sides of his pants and i said willie what the, what the hell is going on willie's like this he says man he says you ain't gonna believe this <laughs> He said, I was in there taking the piss. The guy said, ain't you Willie Mays? <laughs> <laughs> that's a <laughs> pissed on me. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Willie Mays. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> then another time I'm playing in Cincinnati, and Shag Crawford, who was uh, Jerry Crawford, an umpire who retired three years ago, and his, his brother Joe is an NBA official. He's umpiring behind home plate, and he's down on one knee. And I'm just a kid, and he's white as a ghost. And I looked at him and I said, Shaggy, all right? Because I like umpires. I said, Shaggy, you all right? He said, just swing the goddamn bat. I said, pardon me? He said, I don't give a shit if he rolls it up there. I'm calling strikes. I said, Shag, what's the problem? He said, St. Gian as a catch for the Pirates. He said, he's belching, he stinks, and he's farting, and it's all staying at home plate. <laughs> I was wondering Our about that. Our 50-minute yeah. game, fastest game ever played in my life. I was wondering about that. St. Gian sit back there going. Right. Okay. Best, best pitcher you ever faced? Uh Best pitcher I ever faced was Juan Marichal, who I hit 340 off of. But the guy, <laughs> seriously, but the guy that was the best pitcher uh, record-wise, I couldn't hit Koufax with this table. Wow. I mean, Koufax, 
Koufax had a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, and his curveball broke like that. <laughs> now, how in the hell are you going to hit that thing, okay? That falls off the table. That, that yeah. Falls off the table. It snaps off the table. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, he was voted uh, the greatest living pitcher at the All-Star game this year. It looks like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, he still does. does. He looks and great. And he, he just was uh, one of those guys that every time he went out there, he could pitch a no-hitter. Um, Pete, this has just been awesome having you here. This has been unreal. Yeah, thanks so I much. I got one more joke us. for you. Okay. Yes, yeah, joke. Oh, go out Tell even more if you we're want. Playing, we're, we're playing against the Phillies. When I played against the Phillies, I could go up there like this and get two hits. You know, I could just hit the Phillies. They had no pitchers, and I hit like 340 against them. And Gene Mock is the manager. And I was not a guest hitter. You know, some guys guess for a pitch. I looked for a fastball and adjusted the other stuff. And I come up to plate this one time, and I look back at Mike Ryan, who's catching. And he's, I said, how you doing, Mike? He said, Mock told me to tell you what's coming. So he tells me the fastball, and he tells me a curveball. I turn around, and I look at Al Barr. I said, Al, tell him to shut the f- up. I don't need no help. He said, he's not breaking the rules. <laughs> so he, he told me every pitch for the first three times up. And I don't know if he's lying or not. So finally, there's a man on first. It's a tie game, one-to-one. We're hitting in the ninth inning. We're in Connie Mack Stadium. And I get back in, and he says, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I stepped out and says, I'm going to look for a goddamn curveball. He said, I'm going to guess hit. I get back, and he said, I'm still going to throw you the curveball. So he throws me the curveball. I hit it off the scoreboard, which is in play. <laughs> okay. And we, the guy scores from first. We win the game two to one. Next day, we come to the ballpark. It's raining, so we don't get any batting press. I come up. I hit the pitch. I say, hey, Mike, how you doing? He said, Mock told me to tell you, go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect you to do? Yeah. Just- <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's my story, and I'll stick to it. Oh! <laughs> That what is, what yes. tale do you have for us? What tale do I have? Well, there's so many. I mean, gosh, this uh, there's so many I could tell. Let me start with this one. <laughs> 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 These guys. So this is when I was playing. This is not minor league baseball. This is when I was at Colorado. Hopefully I haven't told this one yet. This one's great. And it's right up your alley because it's super dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we had these two guys whom I love dearly. Um, one was Ron Monte, and the other was Jesse Wallace. Jesse was the tight end, and Ron, who's from L.A., actually, he's, um, he was a wide receiver. And these two were really close, and, and they were roommates, and, and they were hilarious. Just these guys that were just always cracking jokes and making the team room light and everything. So it was, you know, you always loved having them around. Well, they got... <laughs> They got in the habit of any time they would hear anything remotely homosexual, they would just go, ugh. That's it. You know, like, I mean, walking through the weight room, hey, can you give me a spot? Ugh. And you'd be like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So not making it just ugh. That's all they would do. And and it became this thing, you know, so then everyone else on the team, you know, started doing it. And then the, it just becomes funny then because – Someone would walk in and be like, hey, grab me a towel. (laughs) Anything, right? And so now we're in a game. (laughs) You got to understand that, like, the game is high stress, right? I mean, there's so much going on. We were a huddle team, a pro-style offense, so I'm worrying about the play clock. I'm worrying about the the play coming in. I mean, there's so much going on. I'm trying to remember the play call. So it's, you know, we're in, in something, like, far... Far tray right, zebra short, 
you know, two jet zebra drive X shallow cross or something, you know, X X post. I mean, long play calls and would play clocks going down. And I'm I'm in the huddle. I'm on one knee and I'm kind of looking up at the guys. I'm like, you know, far tray right, zebra short, two hundred jet zebra shallow cross X post on one. And and Evan Judge, who was who's the Z receiver. Okay, so in far tray, the zebra is lines up on the outside. And then the Z is inside, and then zebra short motion. He just motions right into the slot, right, right there. And so um, Evan Judge was the zebra receiver, and Ron Monte was the Z receiver. Okay, so Evan's gonna go in motion, and I'm screaming the play call. I mean, the play clock is going. You know, I give it far straight right, zebra short, two hundred jet, zebra shallow cross, X post on one. And Evan goes, say, wait, 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 Ron, Ron, is this the one I? Side you on, and Ron goes <laughs> on the field in the huddle. <laughs> so we bust up laughing just like this, right? 19, 18, 17, 16, and we're laughing, and people are like, What's the count? <laughs> and I'm like, On one, on one, let's go. Come on, we gotta go for the live stream. 10, 9, <laughs> and they all run out there, you know, and we had this guard named Terrence Burrow, who was a walk on and he was a big guy, 320 pounds, like the prototypical short guard, you know, and he had this like big guy cackle. So it wasn't like a, you know, the <laughs> it wasn't that laugh. It was more like. <laughs> That's when he laughed. Right? <laughs> all our drops will be clap yeah. laughs. laughing. So I walk up to the line of scrimmage, and I'm kind of even still chuckling. And our left guard, Terrence Burrow, cannot stop laughing in his stance. I'm like, white 90, and he's going. <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Ann. This is the end of the podcast, so all you can get out of here.